0: Oh, that was weak. When the devil comes to attack you, are going to be laying down thinking, listen, what is that? What's the Word of God? True. So, the Word of God is true. And if I live the Word, I will be blessed. that's good. That's a little bit different. Now, let's it. the Word of God true. is true. true. If, I live the word, if I live the Word, I will be blessed. I will be blessed. If, I don't, if I don't, I won't. I won't. It's, just it's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it is just that simple. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Good job, David. Praise God on the communion. We thank God for all the wonderful, anointed, talented people that we have in this church. Great worship. And we thank God for each and every one of you. I want to read a couple of prayer reports and praise reports. I cut off all the names, so don't be concerned about, hey, that's, my rep- that's mine. I didn't know you were going to bring it into the church. But some of these really touched my heart. We, I pray and my wife prays over every prayer request that comes in from you or by mail. Uh, we rejoice over every single one of them, and uh, uh, I just thank God. Really, the, the praise reports and the prayer requests that you have are just somewhat symbolic of what all of us have. I look at some of those, and I think, glory to God, that's mine, and uh, what I've been praying and believing for. So, thank you, Jesus, so much for the breakthrough. Can you all say amen to that? Turn to your neighbor and say, I want some of that breakthrough stuff. This one says, pray for my family. The devil is on attack, but he can't have my family. How many of you got family members under attack by the devil, and we need to pray? Father, we pray for every single family represented in this church. We bind the work of the devil in Jesus' name, and regardless of the severity of the attack or the length of the attack, we refuse to back down. Our family will serve you and be all that you have called them to be in Jesus' name. And everybody that agreed, shout it. Thomas, good to see you with us. Glory to God. He's been in the hospital. You doing okay? Leg healing up? Went for two weeks on a honeymoon and came back and went to the hospital. I don't know. But no, no, he had a really bad accident. I praise God for you. I'm planting a seed that I will have an income. How many of you have ever planted a seed in here? You didn't really have it. Well, you planted it, but you were really planting Whoa, planting for abundance, and that is the will of God. Are you laughing at me, my darling? Please pray that I will go from zero to one hundred percent in Christ. Well, I don 't know that any of us are at zero, but I think we all want that hundred percent. I want to serve him and shine like a diamond for Christ. How many would you like to shine like a diamond for Christ? Ooh, I like that. That is awesome. And then this one, praising God for another awesome year of victory and breakthroughs. Hallelujah. Can we say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And this one, I don't know the person's name on this one. I don't think she signed it or he signed it. But my prayers have been answered because I love being a greeter in this church. (laughs) Glory to God. That really blessed me. And if you like to be a greeter and be involved in areas of this church, just let us know and By the way, we have areas where you can be blessed. One of them is for uh, We Need More Drivers. So if you'd like to be a driver and be blessed by driving, you can do that. You can see uh, Sandy right after the service, and she'll take care of that. And then we also need more altar counselors. You can be a blessing to be an altar counselor. It's a great a great opportunity. I, I was an altar counselor out on Victory before I knew what I was doing. First of all, I was an usher, and I didn't know what I was doing. And then they promoted me to an altar counselor, and I didn't know what I was doing. And then they had me pray deliverance for some lady, and I didn't know what I was doing. I've always been able to do things I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to be reading there. And this message that God has put in my heart, I, I, I thought it was really for Sunday, and I think part of it is for Sunday, but it's the importance of thanksgiving in everything. Not just one time of year, but the importance of living a life of thanksgiving. And we have so much to be thankful for, and Ephesians chapter 4 was, uh, I'll never forget the first time, I don't know if it was the first time or not, but I was ministering on it one Sunday, and Pam's dad, who's in heaven now, <clears throat> came up to me after the service, he said, you know what, I just never really realized what all that scripture said. He said, if everybody in the world would just live the chapter of chapter 4 in the book of Ephesians, the world would be a better place, uh, Philippians. Did I say Ephesians, or did I say Philippians. Okay, uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4. He said the world would be a better place. And then he started reading that and his Bible was all marked up and he had it underlined. And and he just loved reading Philippians chapter 4. It's such a powerful scripture. And we're going to talk about that because it really is what if God had a plan for each and every one of us that we would never have to worry, would never have to be anxious, would never have to be fretful, we would always be happy and we'd always be joyful and we'd always be going from glory to glory and we'd always be going from victory to victory and we'd always have a smile on a face and we'd always be up and we'd never be down. What if the Word of God that basically says that were true and there was a plan within the Word so that we could walk that way? Every single one of us knows what it's like to be up Every single one of us knows what it's like to be down. Every single one of us know how we celebrate the victory, and every one of us know how we try to deal with disappointment. And if you get a glimpse, of, a glimpse of what God wants us to do and how God wants us to be in this situation, then it has a great deal to do with thanksgiving. And if we understand thanksgiving, there is always something to be thankful for. Tell your neighbor, there's always something to be thankful for. You can look at anything. You can think, you know, I, I can be th- I remember when Pam and I first got married, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this. If you'd rather not, I won't. But she doesn't know what I'm saying. She's, her mind is going 100 miles an hour right now, I guarantee you, wondering what I'm going to say. Aren't you not really? I'll hear about it later on. No, but, but she would always say when she got ready to take a bath, I thank God for my bathtub. I thank God for my bathtub. And I still hear her sometimes say that. And, and in the very beginning, I thought, okay. Now, she's been saved a lot longer than I have, but it's like I never get in the shower and say, I just thank God for the shower. Now, I do now occasionally because of her, but she would always say, I just thank God for my bathtub. How many of you realize that everything can be going on in your life the wrong way seemingly, but you can focus on your bathtub and you say, thank God I got a bathtub. Something can always go wrong sometime, somewhere to bring us into an area of disappointment. So all we've got to do is look at the thing that brings us pleasure, and what can we give thanks for? Well, maybe your health is not good. Maybe you've got a bad report. Well, you can thank God that you're alive. Well, maybe your eyesight is gone. You can thank God that, you're, uh, that your senses are not gone. Maybe it's just your eyes being dim. There's something to thank God for. Everybody said, there is always something to thank God for. And that if you focus on what you're thanking God for, then you're always going to be focused on something that's going to bring joy into your life and let the conduit flow. You can't always uh, focus on your finances. You can look at your checkbook and say, my goodness, I don't have enough money to pay a bill. Well, I got enough money to buy a cup of coffee today. I got enough money to buy a Coke today. I got enough money to get some water today. And we can give thanks for that. And then we're always thinking, everybody say that, always thinking about thanksgiving and not the problem that torments us. Now let me see the hands of all the people that you know you have things in your life you can be very thankful for. Can I see your hands? Great. Looks like every hand is raised. How many of you have things in your life that if you focus on it, you're going to get disappointed quickly, and if you don't get rid of it, you're going to get discouraged? Can I see the hands of all of you? So really our focus will determine how we feel about life, about God, and about everything. So, we're going to talk about that tonight because I had this thing flash through my mind. Nobody likes to fail. Nobody likes to strike out in life. But I have this plaque in my office at home, and I love it. It's Babe Ruth. Of course, I've always been a Yankee fan. So Babe Ruth being the, the premier Yankee, and, 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 and it's got a picture of the Babe on there in one of his famous quotes, don't ever be afraid to strike out. And for many years, he led the league in home runs. At one time, had the record till Hank Aaron broke it, 60 home runs, 714 home runs for his lifetime career. But he also, many years, led the league in home runs and led the league in strikeouts. And it says if you can't, you can't be afraid to strike out because if you do, you'll never hit the home run. And it's so powerful, I've never forgotten that. It's the same thing in life. We can focus on everything that's going right or we can, and what we're giving thanks for, or we can focus on everything that's going wrong. I believe the Word of God tells us exactly how to handle life. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you came on the right night. <laughs> now, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says this, be anxious for nothing. Everybody say that. Everybody say it again. One more time. Now, this is going to be a short quiz, okay, and turn to your neighbor to say, don't choke up. If it says be anxious for nothing, then what should we be anxious for? Nothing. You got it. mark your paper an A plus. You get an A plus. If it says to be anxious for nothing, it means be anxious for nothing. But then it goes on and tells us how to do it by prayer and supplication. Supplication—that's the word we use a lot, isn't it? How many of you use the word supplication today? I think I'll have a supplication prayer. I doubt it. Uh, and supplication with. Thanksgiving Let your requests be made known to God. How many of you got a lot of requests you've given to God? Can I see your hands? Okay, so far we're on the same page. Now, Thanksgiving means, basically, an expression of gratitude, especially to God. An expression of gratitude. Do we not have that up there? Expression of gratitude, especially to God. Let's not say an expression... Of gratitude, gratitude. especially Especially. to God. God. You know, we can give thanksgiving to each other and thanks to one another. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. But giving thanks to God is an expression of our gratitude for everything that he has given us. So, so far, we know the plan, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, "So so far, so good. Okay. Now, then we get into supplication. Supplication means intensity of prayer. That just means your intent, you're intent, your focus, focused, and you're believing for the answer that you have need of. You know, God's going to hear you. You know, 1, Corinthians, or 1 John 5, 14, 15, if I pray, I ask anything and, and, and seek Him based on His will, He's going to hear me and I'm going to have whatever He says, so it's all going to work out. Supplication, intensity of prayer, transfer of burden from one's own mind to God, turn to your neighbor and say, you came the right night. Transfer of burden from one's own mind to God, one who entrusts our cares, distractions to Jesus, instead of fretting over them, will experience God's peace guarding us from nagging anxiety. Let's read that again. One who entrusts his cares, which means distractions, the word is merimno, cares are distractions. One who entrusts cares, distractions to Jesus, and instead of being concerned about him and worrying and being anxious, we give it to him, and instead of that, we have his peace that guards us from all anxiety. I wonder if we do that If we won't be anxious, can I see the hands of all the people who would like to get rid of all anxiety in your life once and for all? And when it ever tries to come again, you just want to say, you know what? I need to get right back on the plan. I was thinking about baseball when I was thinking about Barry Ruth. A baseball player who fails 70% of the time at the plate, How many of you think he'd be very valuable? How many of you think he wouldn't be very valuable? Seventy percent of the time he'll fail at the plate. Well, if you know much about baseball, you realize that that means he's batting 300. And a baseball player that bats 300 consistently is going to end up in the Hall of Fame. He's going to have a multi-million dollar contract. He'll be set for life in every area of his life. And he fails at the plate 70 percent of the time. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't even do that. <laughs> 70% of the time. Lord, glory to God, we are better than that. Let's all say it, I beat the average. Beat the average. Now, what we've got to do is we've got to understand how this thing works. Let's just, let's just say that, that this right here represents yeah, these, this is not important, I don't think. I think I can tear it up. Okay, so, all of these are my uh, concerns that I've gone to God with. I, I'm not going to tell you what they are, by the way, but I know what they are. Okay, I get this from the God, I get this one to the God, I get this one to the God. Who wants to be God tonight? Bill? You, you, look, you probably look more like uh, Moses, but no. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Okay, so, so here's all my. Well, Bill can be God tonight, okay? Now, we're just pretending. So, so here's all my cares, okay? Now I've been carrying these things around with me, and they're distracting me. They're distracting me from being a good husband. They're causing me not to be a good grandfather. They're causing me to be concerned. They're causing me to stay up late at night, and I see the hands of all the people who have ever felt that you stay up late at night, and you can't sleep real well, and all that kind of stuff. And, and so I got all of them down here because it says uh, 1 Peter five seven. Everybody say that. Peter 5, 7. Okay. Anybody know what it says? Just right off the top of your mind. How many of you cares? Okay. Let me see the hands of all the people who know that. Everybody look around. Look around. Keep your hand up high. Everybody look around. Let's all say, I know that. that. Put your hands down. Everybody that still does it, put your hand back up. (laughs) Liar, liar, pants on fire. All those hands should have been up a lot more than they just was. Now what happens is we do, okay, so I got all these prayers. Now, can you back up uh, to the definition of of, uh, uh, supplication? Yeah, there it is. One who entrusts his cares and his attractions to Jesus. Okay. I'm sorry, you can't be God. Uh, You're going to be Jesus. Okay. I forgot forgot what the scripture said. Uh, 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 Cast all of our cares to Jesus. Okay. So I got them down here and said, okay, let's see. Uh, Retirement. uh, I got some family members that either they're screwed up or I'm screwed up, but something's not going right. Uh, Okay. Got some stuff over here and some stuff over here. And yeah, I've been praying for Pam in this area. This area I'm going to pray that, that, and that. No, you know, we all got that stuff. And so all of a sudden, I am more here and I say, Jesus, I got some situations here. And I'll tell you what, the word of God says I shouldn't carry these things and I'm tired of carrying them. So there you go. I give that to you. How many of you now I this this is going to sound prideful and I don't mean it that way. But I know my attributes, whether they're good or bad. Does that make sense? OK. And I know I believe that I am an excellent delegator. If somebody else can do it, if somebody else can do it, if somebody else can do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it to them. Why? Number one, they need the experience, and number two, it frees me up to do something else. So so instead of juggling three things, if I can delegate, I can juggle ten things. Now this, this is a rule for life. The more you can delegate for somebody to do, the freer you are. But the less you delegate the more you get on you and you reach a point finally in life, you say, I don't want more. I can't take anymore. I can't take it's not that you can't take anymore, you don't know how to delegate. So you only go so far, and then you'll reach a level and that's it. You as a matter of fact, you may not even want to be at that level. You may want to drop down a few levels. If you are not a natural delegator in your natural day-to-day life, it will be very hard for you to delegate, and I know this is not the right word, but it'll, it'll register. It will be hard for you to delegate your problems to God. You will want to work for Him and with Him to solve it. What you will do is come over here They say, look, Jesus, I ask you to finish all those things, and not a one of them have I seen done. I'm taking them all back. It's going to make me sick. It's going to make me anxious. It's going to give me a headache. but I tell you what, you're not doing it fast enough. I'm going to do it myself. None of us in our right mind will do that. All of us from time to time have done it. And if you don't get this message down, you will only go so far in life and you'll say, that's enough for me. I'm not going to go any further. You're not going to go out there in the deep. You're not going to go out there like Faith did and say, I don't have enough. You know, Faith's not concentrating on the fact she doesn't have all the money she needs every month. She's, and I love what you said. God doesn't need your money. Everybody say that. God doesn't need your money. Turn to your neighbor and say, God doesn't need your money. When we get to the point when we walk by faith and not by sight, then the only thing that faith does is amplifies the Word of God in our life. The Word of God says, I'm not supposed to have any cares not a single one. People will try to get you to care. People will try to make you anxious. Don't you care? No. I read the definition of care. It belongs to Jesus, and I'm giving it right back to you. It won't fit in that. Oh, there's not a pocket. Oh, that's why it won't fit. Okay. Are you okay, Jesus? Okay. Okay. He's okay. Now, Now, how many of you, I'm not looking for you to pat me on the back, but how many of you, you can relate to that example that God really gave me? How many of you can relate to that? That I got to stop taking it back because I got to, it's not happening fast enough. Lord, I've got things. God told me he would take care of my children. I got, th- we have six between, us. three children. God said, I'll take care of your children in 19. 19- 80, he told me that. No, 1981. 1981, he said, I'm going to take care of your children. You do what I've called you to do, I'll take care of your children. My daughter's doing great in Charlotte, North Carolina. Two of my boys won't even come to church, and they live in Lafayette right here, and they won't come to my church. Can, I tell, can you imagine how many times my mind has tried to focus on that and try to cry about it and try to be ill over it and try to be sick over it and try to feel how bad I am because they won't come? A lot more than I'd like to tell you. But you know what? I found out if I don't focus on them, and if I focus on what God said, I'm okay. So I think I would rather focus on what God said, give the care to Jesus sitting over here, and go on with my life and take care of people that want to be taken care of. Does that make sense to you? How many of you got some people Maybe not exactly what I described, but you know you got people just like that in your family, your influence, that you need to just say, you know what, I'm giving this to the Lord, I'm going on, somebody needs what I've got, and I'm going to do what God's called me to do. When you reach that point in your life, you refuse to take care. And if you refuse to take care, I know this sounds silly, you will disappoint some people. You don't realize how bad it is? No, I realize how good it is. I realize that I have the victory. I realize that John, I'll take Dana as an example back there. Dana, I know there are moments that you can almost focus on your brother, and you can really feel that emotional grip trying to really make you feel bad. And then there are moments you can focus on, well, wait a minute. He's alive and well. He's got things going for him I don't have going for me. I'm walking in victory down here in a fallen world, and he's up there hanging out with Jesus. Glory to God. Who got the better deal here? Well, Dana, 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 Wayne, got the better deal. Uh, So, in other words, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm starting to, Get this. So, what we've got to do then is understand okay, how do I live my life like that? Because so far I haven't. Now, I want to come back to that delegation. God's not working for us and He's not delegating. But if you come over here, Jesus, where's my paper? Sir. Sir. Jesus. So, I, if you come back over here, And say, you know what? I've got all the responsibility to take care of this myself. Now, if I don't do it, who does? How many of you ever felt that way? Yeah, you're in trouble already, aren't you? If I don't do it, who does? How about Jesus? And so I come over here and I say, now, Jesus, I pray and I read the word of God and I know what it says. So I'm going to delegate this to you. You you said to give it to you. This is a care and an anxiety that's bearing down on me. So I'm going to delegate this to you and I'll get things done. So there you go. Sandy works for a lot of different people in this ministry but primarily she does what things I need so she knows and she could stand up here and say he didn't do anything. He gives it all to me <laughs> and she's probably pretty close to right but sometimes I'll include Pam and say if she will cooperate and sometimes I'll inc- <laughs> and sometimes I'll, inc- and, sometimes I'll inc- and sometimes I'll include Morgan actually I'll include whoever's around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pam will come into my office and she'll say why did you give this to such-and-such? And, such? and she'll say, I know, because they were there. And I say, yes. She says, well, it belongs to so-and-so. And I say, well, such-and-such ought to know it belongs to so-and-so and give it to them because I don't know who's doing what. All I know is this needs to be done, and I'm out of here. <laughs> and that's a, pretty much how it flows, isn't it? But I have confidence that whatever give her, whatever give her should get it done if she didn't, I'd find somebody else. Melba came to me one day years ago. They were heading up the care group ministry, and she said, I don't know if I can do that. You remember that? She came up to me and she said, I don't know if I I can do that. And I said, well, then I'll fire you and get somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) And she looked at me. She was a volunteer. (laughs) And I hadn't even seen The Apprentice yet. But anyway, (laughs) but but I I did say that. Now, I don't say that meanly, but if you go to somebody and say, here's what I'd like for you to do, and they say, I can't do that, guess what? I'm going to dispatch, I mean, I'm going to detach from that person, and I am going to come over here and say, I'd like for you to do this. And they say, I'll get it done. That's who you're going to delegate to, right? Who is the person that we can give all of our cares to all of our anxieties, and we know we don't have to think about them again. It's a no-brainer, folks. So I'll ask the question again, then we'll say it really loud. Who is it? It's Jesus. it's Jesus, right? So once we give it to Him, Him, we don't take it back. We hold on to it now, but we still have more of a part to play. We've given it to Jesus. All of my cares, I got my boys over there with Jesus, and He can handle them better than I can. And I got, I got. I got uh, uh, my finances over there and everything over there, and every once in a while I think about retirement. And then Pam said, "Sunday, we're never going to retire." So I thought, "Well, I can get that one back. I don't have to think about that anymore." And so, you know, all the rest of these things—it was a new one to me, but that's okay. And and so, anyway, you know, you got all those things, and 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 so I, I don't have to take them back because I know it's going to be taken care of, and I know that First Peter says to give it to Him. The word "care" means this because Jesus used the same word in Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-five. He said, don't worry about anything. God will take care of everything. Matter of fact, that sounds pretty good. Let's say this. Don't worry, don't worry. about anything because God, because God. Will, take will take care of everything. Now, the word cares suggests a distraction and preoccupation with things, disappointments, causing anxiety, stress, Oh, stress, and I was belching. That's why I covered this up. But I'm done belching now. And I forgot. I still have it covered. <laughs> anxiety, stress, and pressure. Let me see the hands of all the people who've ever had anxiety, stress, and pressure on your life. May I see your hands? Okay. Well, the word suggests that's exactly what it is. So it comes from cares or from distraction. Cares are distraction from what? How about cares and distraction from the Word of God and the will of God? The will of God is that I be healed. The Word of God is I be healed. The Word of God is that my children will will, uh, serve the Lord and all of our household. The Word of God is... This happened to me when I I got those stints the last time in the hospital. I thought, God, I don't think I'm going to die. I think I'm going to live and live a long life. But if I don't, I know where I'm going, so I'm okay. And and I was at total peace. I could have concentrated on what happens if I die? What happens if this doesn't work right? What happens if that doesn't work right? How many of you know somebody that their mind works that way? What happens if this doesn't work right? What happens if this doesn't work? What happens? That person is going to be disappointed because there are a whole lot of things that don't work right. Back to baseball. We're covering a lot of ground here. Back to baseball. When a player starts getting in a bad slump, and they go from batting 300, in other words, they're not failing 70% of the time. Now they're failing 80% of the time. They're only down to about 200 or whatever that figure would be. They don't tell them all the things they're doing wrong. They handle it the same way a bank teller handles a $50, $100 bill. They give him the real thing that really works so that when the counterfeit comes, you'll recognize it. They show the batter what he used to do right and how his stance used to be so that he gets back in the groove of the way he was as a 300 hitter, so that he gets right back in the same groove, the way he takes his stride, the way he takes his bat. We need to understand that we need to determine, am I living the Word of God like I used to, like Jesus said? Because if we're going to go from glory to glory, and we're going to go from more responsibility to more responsibility, we're going to have to delegate more and more to who? Jesus. That's a little weak, but it's not bad. To who? Jesus. To Jesus. And so therefore, I'm going to move out further. Oh, wow, I got a whole bunch of things that aren't going wrong. I'm batting 300, and that's really good. But 70% of the time, what am I doing? failing. This isn't going right. This isn't going right. This isn't happening. This didn't work right. This, we've been in ministry 35 years. Would you say 100% of the time everything went right? Would you say we may be batting 300 or less? I don't know what we're batting, but I can tell you this. When I went into the ministry, I thought, raw or raw, what a piece of cake. Jesus is going to take care of everything. And I just gave him a list and thought it would be done the next day. First prayer journal I kept, somebody told me to keep a prayer journal in 1981. We'd just gotten married. <clears throat> i told to keep a prayer journal. I started a prayer journal on Monday, wrote everything down I wanted, didn't come on Tuesday, and I threw my prayer journal away. <laughs> I wish I still had that prayer journal, but I threw it away. Pam asked, I I don't know if you remember or not, but shortly after that day, she said, where's your prayer journal? I said, I threw it away. It's not working because I prayed and I asked God and it didn't happen. Folks, there are some things I am still believing for that are 30 years old, 25 years old, 20 years old. Some things I am so sure it's going to work. I know it's going to work. I know it's going to happen. I know what God said, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work it didn't work the way i thought it would god is still on the throne jesus is still at the right hand of the father and in this election whether trump won or hillary won i'm going to be okay because jesus is still on the throne trump won whatever but it didn't matter who won from the standpoint of is jesus still our lord and savior turn to your answer and say that's a no-brainer <laughs> so now we still haven't arrived what did i do wrong turn to your, answers, you turn to your answer Is that what I said? (laughs) Well, I'm still growing and I'm still learning. (laughs) Okay, now, but that's only part of it. Now we've got to look on to the scripture here. Verse number 7 says, if you do this thing, what we just read, getting back to this, anxious, nothing. Everything in prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And if we do this, the peace of God which surpasses, the peace of God, which surpasses what? Let's stop there just for a moment. How many of you were of the understanding kind? You like to understand and know everything. Can I see your hands? Okay. If that person raised their hand, turn to them and tell them you're you're already in trouble. (laughs) Let's all say this like we mean it. Some things... I just don't understand, just don't understand. And, may never. and may never. I don't understand a lot of things, and you know what? I don't really care. Because I saw where the Word of God says, lean not to your own understanding, and here the Word of God says, you need to bypass, that that word surpass means to bypass, you need to bypass your mind because your mind will try to lock up on trying to figure something out and you need to be 10 miles down the road with your delegated question to Jesus and move right on. My mind has a shelf with a lot of things I don't understand. And I just stick it up there and I say, you know what? I don't understand this, Lord. I'm going to stick this on the shelf. I don't understand it. Don't understand it. I know what I think you told me. I know what I think the word of God says regarding that situation. It's not working that way, so I just don't understand it. And I just stick it on my shelf. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to stick it on your shelf. Okay, now, if you're getting anything out of this, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm getting something out of this. And if you're not, just do it anyway. That way I'll feel good. Now, verse number 8. Finally. So we're bringing this thing to a conclusion. And what we're doing is determining how we can live with thanksgiving. We know we need to live giving thanks to God all the time, all day long. And never focusing upon anything that isn't bringing thanksgiving to God. So now we've got to figure out, okay, how do we live this on a daily basis? I know it's the right thing to do. How many of you believe it's the right thing to do? Turn to your neighbor and say, I know it's the right thing. So now we've got to figure out how we're going to do it, because this mind of ours is temperamental. you got a temperamental mind? I'll answer that for you. You do have. You have a temperamental mind. It can think a great thought centered on God in a moment's notice, or it can go wacko on you in just a 2nd got to discipline your mind continually. Bring that thing into subjection to the spirit man inside you who is indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in there, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we live out of this thing. Everybody just pat it right here. Say, say I live out of this thing. And I don't know if we want to call the Holy Spirit this thing, but let's all say, I live out of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit. Now, verse number 8. It's us bring it to a conclusion when you see finally. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely... Whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, it's the dunamis power, any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on this. Now, it doesn't say this, but I'm telling you, this is what it means. If it doesn't line up with that, all of those things that we just said, don't think about it. Does that make sense to you? In other words, don't let your mind go over here and think about things that are not praiseworthy, that aren't just, that aren't of a good report, that aren't pure. In other words, basically what you could say is if, if things do not bring praise to God and thanksgiving to God, don't think about it. Turn to your neighbor I'm getting it now. In other words, don't think about it. So what do you do when your mind starts to think about it? You cast it down. You refuse to think about it, and you replace it with a godly thought. My children have never come to church here. Well, that's not true. They come every once in a while. I'll see one of them at Christmas. Hallelujah, every Christmas. I'm sorry. It's a private thing between Pam and I. Oh, Christmas is here. I get to see him. No, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean it that way because I love my kids. I love David and I love Darren. I really do. And, and so, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. I absolutely lost my train of thought. You better be, I, I'm sorry? You're casting your thoughts. Yeah, casting your thoughts. So what happens is your thoughts going where it shouldn't go. How many of you know when your thought goes where it shouldn't go? Okay. And you're waiting for God to do something about it. And he's saying, duh, you're in charge. If God was in charge of your thoughts, you wouldn't be as screwed up as you are. <laughs> You'd be okay. Who's in charge of your thoughts? You are. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're in charge. You can think whatever you want, and if you don't want to think, God will, uh, the devil will think for you. The devil will be happy to think for you. He'll be happy to give you thoughts we got to think for ourselves, oh, that thought's not lining up. No, the thought that I'm thinking is, my children will serve God. My children do love me. I don't, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. My health is going to last forever. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Uh, and then we start speaking over ourselves things that self-medicate us and in the process— Romans 12, 1 and 2, our mind becomes renewed so that we can hear the perfect will of God. When you're disappointed and discouraged, you can't hear the will of God. You're you're thinking about yourself. This is hard for some people, but turn to your neighbor and say, you're the last person who should be thinking about yourself. (laughs) You ought to be thinking about God. What does God think about you? Well, I know what God thinks about me. I know what He's written. I know what I've written that He says about me in my prayer journal. And it's pretty good stuff. Every once in a while it's not, but I'm not going to read that part to you. But most of it, it's pretty good stuff. Now, so when we get to that point and we get that discipline in our life, and that's the key, that's how we're going to end tonight. But it's got to be discipline because, and then it goes on to verse number 9 to say, once you've done all of this, then the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things you do, and the God of peace will be with you, be with you forever. Now, this giving thanksgiving requires faith, it requires trust, it requires discipline, and most of all, it requires action. And sometimes when you become, and you will let yourself become discouraged disappointed, I'm sorry. We all face disappointment. And you let yourself become disappointed, and you focus on the disappointment, and all of a sudden then you go from disappointment to discouragement. And once you get to discouragement, the word discouragement only means, well, only. It means a lack of courage. You are not courageous to do what God's shown you to do. You start to withdraw within. You can always tell somebody who's discouraged they don't smile. I've never seen a discouraged person yet that walks around and says, I just feel so discouraged today. I mean, this is really this is a tough day today, I tell you what. And not only that, I'm disappointed, and that's how I got this discouraged. You want to hear about it? Come on, let me tell you. No, no, here's how they walk around. Uh, how you doing? Uh, Pastor Bill. You just never know what happened to me today. Uh, it's it's just so disappointed now I'm discouraged and Will you come down here with me? No, I don't think so, because I've been there before. Now, I understand people go through things, but really and truly, when people go through something that's really difficult, what they need is the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Get back up. Come out from where you are. Get rid of that discouragement. Let's stand to our feet. This is the time, and this is the hour when the body of Christ needs to rise up, stand up, speak up, and get on with what God has for us. And if you take a few disappointments along the way, get rid of them quickly. Deal with disappointments quickly. There's nothing wrong with saying I am disappointed, but I'm not staying that way. I'm moving on. I'm going to get up. I'm going to cast the disappointment, the care on Jesus over here in the front row if you want to know where he is, and I'm going to give it to him, and I'm not walking around with any more cares ever again in my life because all they do is make me discouraged and I have no courage when I'm discouraged. Folks, the Word of God is simple. Turn to your neighbor. and say, the Word of God is simple. Preachers, theologians, and people have made the Word of God, they've made it complex. It's really very simple. It can be summed up by what Jesus said in Matthew 4.4. If you live the Word, you'll be blessed says man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What did God say? Issue settled. What is your understanding? Doesn't matter. Issue settled. But I feel anxious, cast it out. Issue settled. Live by the word of God, and the word of God says don't be anxious. But you don't understand what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Get through it. Move on. If you're going through hell, don't stop. <laughs> Somebody wrote a book years ago. If you're going through hell, don't stop. It's a good word. Put your bow your heads with me just for a moment. I know that David asked this earlier, but I don't know that somebody might have come in late. Maybe you've been here in this church and been attending this church, but you've never really settled the issue of where you'll spend eternity.